Drinks, food, art, fun. This is Hops and Spirits Kentucky. Before you know it, the Kentucky Derby will be here because we are definitely in the midst of Derby season here around Kentucky. I hope you're enjoying every bit of it and uh, that things are going well for you. And hopefully, um, if you're at the races or going to the races, that uh, you can hit hit the big race and uh, get get some uh, winnings there. If not, we got a great episode for you this week to maybe cheer you up as we talk with the Bell of Louisville and some of the cool things they've got going on there. But before we get into that, what's pouring Kentucky? Some news and notes around the state. Covington's House of Orange has closed indefinitely, according to a note taped to the front door of the bar and grill there in northern Kentucky. The note reads, thank you to all of our patrons who have shared memories with us over the past few years. The House of Orange is closed indefinitely. On Google, it is listed as permanently closed. The bar, which is situated at 433 Johnson Street, opened in June 2017 and has a theme inspired by the Cincinnati Dutch Lions Soccer Club, often hosting watch parties for FC Cincinnati MLS matches and Cincinnati Bengals games. A popular California-based fast food chain known for its burgers and tacos is coming to Kentucky. That's right. Jack in the Box is expected to open its first Kentucky locations in Lexington and Louisville here soon. Uh, Van Ingram, Jack in the Box Vice President for Franchise Development, said that six new restaurant locations in Louisville are already in the works. He told the Herald Leader they hope to build 15 to 20 in the central Kentucky area, including four or five inside New Circle Road in Lexington. We'll also soon see a new food option at Lexington's Gray Line Station there on North Limestone. Wing King, which previously served out of the Southland Bagel Kitchen, will take over the former Porterhouse Barbecue spot. The menu, of course, features wings and more than 30 flavors to choose from. Castle and Key has expanded with an official opening of Castle and Key 502 near Louisville's Whiskey Row, located on the corner of 3rd Street and Liberty Street in downtown Louisville. Castle and Key 502 is located within the Fall City Market in the Omni Hotel. The satellite store is an extension of the distillery where guests can enjoy Castle and Key signature cocktails, shop local retailers, and take home a bottle of their spirits. Also beginning May 3rd, Castle and Key will be hosting a live music experience at its distillery campus on the first Wednesday of every month. Tickets are required. You can get more info, though, at castleandkey.com. Up next, though, it's a great Q&A with, Kristen, with Krista Snyder, CEO of Bell Louisville Riverboats. they got a whole lot new happening here in 2023. You won't want to miss it. Enjoy. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at HopSpirits.com. Joining us here for our Q&A this week, she's the CEO of Bell of Louisville Riverboats, and she's got a lot to talk about. Let's welcome in Krista Snyder. Hello, good afternoon. Well, thank you for, for hopping on and, and sharing some something that I think is going to be a, a fun chat. Yeah, absolutely. If it's not if it's not fun, then I'm not doing something right. Because <laughs> <laughs> here on the show, we this is fun topics. Exactly, because I was going to say here on the show we like to talk mm-hmm. about drinks, food, art, and fun, and I think this kind of touches on on almost all all of those. But before we get into all, all of that. I call this the cliff notes because I know some folks can can say a lot on this topic, but just the cliff notes because I've got some good questions to ask you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, but not too, too much. Of course, of course. Um, no TMI. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my name's Krista Snyder. I have been in this role with Bell of Louisville Riverboats, I guess a little, about, we'll just say three and a half years. Um my background is in nonprofit 
Um, I've had some really cool jobs over the years. I guess my areas of strength are audience engagement, program development, fundraising, marketing, that kind of stuff. Um, and that was sort of what brought me to this organization. I also just happen to really, really love history. Um, so this is a fun place to be for somebody who loves history. Um, so yeah, I, like I said, I've had a lot of great opportunities, but this one's probably the most fun. My office is literally floating on the river. Um, and in the summertime, there's kind of nowhere else, you know, that that's better to be. So I consider myself pretty fortunate. I was gonna say there 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 are worse places to be than than floating on the river for 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 your office and 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 we're gonna touch on a little bit about that history about the boats and everything that are part of the crew but Mm -hmm. just in in general the the how did the Bella Louisville River boats the kind of tours and stuff get started? So you know we could go all the way back to 1914. That was when the Bell was originally built and launched. Uh, she was originally called the Idle Wild. And then she also had a life where she was known as the Avalon. And it was during that time period that she became the most widely traveled excursion boat, arguably in history, um, if you could even imagine that. And that's because most steamboats, most river boats that were built in the Bell's time frame, and certainly prior to that, didn't last very long. They just lasted like five, six, seven years before something tragic happened and um, they were no longer operable. So starting in 1962, what was then known as the Avalon went up for auction in Cincinnati, um, obviously not too far from here in Louisville and Jefferson County, uh, which is the county that Louisville located in, decided that they needed to get this riverboat. And I should add that this particular boat was well known already in the area. Um, even when she was the Idlewild and the Avalon, she had spent lots and lots of time in the Louisville area, even though she originally um, was launched in Pittsburgh. She was well known all along the Ohio and really kind of this whole river system. And had spent a lot of time in Louisville, um, taking people to Fountain Ferry Park, for example, which is an old, old amusement park that was right here on the river, um, among other things. So I, I guess it's safe to say that people from Jefferson County, from Louisville, had uh, a love for this boat, and they felt sort of sentimentally attached or maybe required to go save her because she was really at risk of going to scrap. So they bought her at auction for $34,000, and that was in 1962, and she was rechristened as the Belle of Louisville at that time. And because she had been run ragged um, as the Avalon, she needed a lot of investment um, at that time to get her in you know, glorious, beautiful, wonderful shape again, like you see her today. Um, and all of that was really in preparation for the first Great Steamboat Race, which took place in the following year in 1963. So it's kind of a cool time for us to be talking because that's almost exactly 60 years ago um, from today. So this will be the 60th anniversary of when that happened. 
That's a, it's a, amazing how much history is there with with the bell and obviously when when you, you talk about it it goes back to 1914 but it's it's a cool history to to see what this boat is still able to to do mm-hmm. yeah and and what's really interesting is i still keep coming across photos of her that i've never seen <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, they're taken at different incarnations of her lifetime. Um, so she's been sort of, um, she's had, she's had different lives, you know, different interpretations and she's been remodeled and added onto and changed over the years. Although certainly the core of the boat is is original. Um, the engines, for example, in the engine room are completely original to the boat. Uh, and what we know, oh, did I leave you? No, you're still here. You're still good. Oh, that's weird. My computer is doing something funny, but you can still hear me. So that's good. Yes. Um, but we know the engines, for example, are even older than the boat and date back possibly as early as the 1870s. Um, and what happened a lot back in the day is they would take engines off a boat that had wrecked or burned or, you know, again, was no longer operable for some reason. And they would repurpose those and put them on another vessel. And that's what happened to the belt. It's her engines are really, really rare. Um, and in fact, we've been told by the Smithsonian Washington that if if there ever comes a day when we don't need those steam engines that they would love to have them for their collection. <laughs> now, of course, we hope that's not anytime soon, right? We were, we worked really hard to keep this boat um, in really good shape for future generations. But that just kind of goes to show you how special um, this boat is and, you know, the respective parts of her are because she's the last of her kind. It's an amazing history and it's kind of cool to be able to to still enjoy that that history and and then obviously for those that go on on the bell of louisville tours there are two boats technically there is the bell of louisville and then there's the mm-hmm. uh, mary m miller river boat and when did it join the crew and, and mm-hmm. why did it why did it join join the crew <laughs> yeah yeah so um the mary miller joined our our fleet if we want to call that um call it that it in night and excuse me in 2017 and uh we had in order to i guess get the funds to purchase that vessel we had sold our previous boat that a lot of folks knew called the spirit of jefferson um mary was a little bit bigger boat a little bit newer boat and she uh previously in fact was known as the georgia queen she was down in savannah georgia so we uh rechristened her as the mary m miller and they picked that name at the time. This is before my time with the organization, but I love her namesake. I literally could not have come up with a better name myself. Um, but she named after a woman who is from here in Louisville, actually from the Portland neighborhood, for those who are more familiar with the area. And um, she was the first licensed female steamboat captain in the United States. Um, That was from right here in Louisville. And what's really interesting, let's see if I can get my video going again while I'm talking here. 
um, what's really interesting is you think, oh, okay, you know, maybe maybe that was a few years ago, maybe that was 25 years ago. That was actually back in the 1880s, all the way back then, and that was a really controversial federal decision at the time um, that the powers that be allowed her to test for what was called her master's license. Um, she argued that she had all the skills, she had all the experience and the hours under her belt because she had been helping her husband pilot the boat um, and run the, the operation um, for a long, long time. That is, she argued that if she could pass the test, there's no reason why she couldn't also have the license. And um, the authorities agreed with her. And obviously she passed the test and earned the license and became the first woman in the U.S to do that. So that's pretty cool. Um, and that is the namesake of our second boat, the Bell Sister Vessel, the Mary Ann Miller. It's a, it, like I said, there's so much history there on, on the river that, that you all are able to, to share with folks. And and how often do do the river boats run? Is it all year for, for both or is it seasonal pending obviously weather and, and things like that? Yeah, it's a great question. So the Bell being the historic, you know, very, very special boat that she is. Um, one of the reasons that she survived so long is because our organization has been religious, um, if I can use that word, about keeping her winterized um, and not freezing her when she could possibly freeze up. Because again, if you keep in mind, this is a steamboat, there's lots and lots and lots of pipes that have water um, in them when she's cruising. If, you know, if it gets cold for a few days and those pipes freeze up or our boilers crack, that's a big deal. That's a really big problem. So the Bell just cruises April through usually about mid-November. Um, it used to be the end of October, but here in the last couple of years, we've had some really lovely weather into November and we've extended that just a little bit. Um, but by Thanksgiving every year, the Bell is completely shut down completely winterized they drain and blow out all the water out of all the pipes um, and she is just dockside for the winter now the mary to go back to your question about the season the mary is, is actually a modern boat she looks like a paddle wheel from the same time period but she was launched in the 1980s so she navigates like a, a modern vessel um, and she's actually got diesel engine. <laughs> so she can sort of cruise any time of year, um, theoretically, as long as water and weather conditions allow. Mostly, um, for those of us who live in Louisville, when it's January, February, early March, it's not really nice. And a lot of people don't want to come to the river. So we don't usually offer a lot after New Year's Eve on the Mary Miller. Um, but we do the special like um, Captain Santa events in early December. We have a really special New Year's Eve party on the Mary Miller. And then we have been known to do sort of a love boat retro themed Valentine's thing in February. Um, if again, if water and uh, river conditions allow. But usually March is flood season. Um, so it's, it's a little bit hit and miss for the first quarter of the year. But by April, which, you know, again, great timing, um, we are definitely getting cranked up for the season. 
Well, and it seems like you all have some some fun things coming for this season in, in 2023. Um, one of those being the uh, annual pass that, that I believe you all have added. Thank you so much for asking about this. So um, this is a brand new offering um, with the 2023 season, and it is going like gangbusters. It's awesome. People are excited about it, which is exciting to us. Um, the idea of the annual pass uh, is hopefully pretty self-explanatory. You buy an annual pass for $100, and you get unlimited leisure cruises um, for a year on either boat and you know if you're wanting to go on a cruise that maybe has a meal or some other special options you can upgrade um, to get that meal for a really good discount so if you've you know got a family of four because that's kind of how we max this out is um, up to four people in a household you cannot get a better deal than this um, it might even be too good of a deal <laughs> um, but people are loving it and they're snatching it up. And, and that's exciting because our big goal is to get more people involved, to introduce a whole new generation of people to the bell and the river in general. That's, that's very much what we see as our mission is connecting this community, this river city that we call home to the river that made it in the first place. And while we're certainly a really popular tourist attraction, and we love all of our visitors from all over the world, what we know is really, really special is getting people back on board um, who had special childhood memories with us, or maybe they want to bring their grandkids. Um, we're really trying to get, as I said, the next generation uh, to love this boat as much as people who've come before them do. And that's, I think, hopefully the cool thing about the annual pass is it's, it's making it really easy and accessible for more people who live here or live nearby um, to check us out. Well, and, and, and like you said, there, there are plenty of other options, too, for those that, that are maybe looking for a different type of excursion. And one of those is the uh, Eat, Drink and Discover cruises. Yeah, you've done your homework. <laughs> <laughs> um. So again, if we, you know, we, number one, we want things to be fun, but we also really want to do more than just be a party boat. And that's what we've been working really hard at for the last few years is, is yes, come down, have a good time. Um, but let's create some meaning and some interest behind this excursion. Um, and that way you've got different experiences every time you come down, hopefully, um, and, and, and give you an excuse to come down again. And that's where things like Eat, Drink, Discover come in. Um, hopefully that name is kind of self-explanatory. Obviously food is involved, drinks are involved, but we really have created this to help you discover and explore this one-of-a-kind historic vessel that we call the Bell of Louisville. Um, so we're doing a couple things. Number one, we've got food and drink stations all over the boat to sort of give you an excuse um, and make it fun to explore the engine room, to explore um, the pilot house, to go to place parts of the boat that you maybe wouldn't ordinarily do on a regular cruise. And secondly, we're steaming these. So Eat, Drink, and Discover takes place every couple of weeks on Friday night, of course, on the Bell of Louisville. 
but we have different things. So it could be um, more science-based. It could be history-based. I know we're going to definitely have one that is um, focused on bourbon. There's a lot of really interesting ties um, between riverboats and bourbon. And, and the whole reason that Louisville has become um, really, you know, the bourbon capital of the world and why bourbon was so successful here is because riverboats were able to ship it directly down to New Orleans um, to Bourbon Street, right? So there's there's some really interesting um, history and science behind bourbon that we hope to explore. And that's just one example. Um, we've got theatrical community partners who we're going to work with. It kind of, you can discover basically gives us an excuse to um, partner with a lot of other really cool organizations um, here in the Louisville area to sort of create this fun, um, unique experience for nerdy people <laughs> who want to learn and have a good time. Um, and I say that, of course, with all the love, because I feel like I fall into that category. But, you know, have a cocktail, have some delicious food, and maybe learn some stuff you didn't know. And that's what Eat, Drink, Discover is about. Well, it, it, it sounds like a blast, because like you said, it gives kind of an excuse to explore different things, whether that's the the theme of the night or the boat in a way you haven't done before. And then I also know, I believe you've got a couple other different things for the, for the new year. you got Anchor Away Wednesdays and I think some murder mystery dinner too. So obviously there are a lot of fun things that folks can look forward to this year. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, basically what we're trying to do, if you're picking up on the thing here, is if you have not been on the boat ever, or if you're like a lot of people from our area who have been on the bell before, but it's been a long, long time, we're trying to make it just irresistible. <laughs> we're trying to give you like all the reasons to come back on board. Um, and we've also paid a lot of attention to the customer research and the feedback that we've gotten from our passengers over the last few years. We've done a ton of experimentation with offering new experiences and programs. And I think 2023 will be the season that some of that stuff really starts to gel and come uh, to fruition. Because we, we really tried hard to listen to what people want. And they say they want um, live music. And what we have live music on almost all of our offerings, all of our cruises. They say they want food. We've got more food options, just like Eat, Drink, Discover. Um, and they also just sometimes, you know, want a low-cost, easy cruise that, you know, you, you can just hop on in the middle of the week. And that's sort of where Anchors Away Wednesdays came into play. Um, we've had a lot of success with things that were very retro in feeling, um, which probably doesn't surprise anybody considering we're a history organization. But uh, we have a couple of Yacht Rock cruises that we have done over the past couple of years with this really wonderful band called Tony and the Band Line. They have been such a huge hit. So we kind of wanted to riff off that a little bit with Anchors Away Wednesday. And they are going to be more like a Yacht Rock playlist, you know, sort of that 70s, 80s, smooth rock <laughs> kind of a feel. Um, but these are one of our low-cost ticket offerings. So the tickets are just $12.99. There's going to be lots of drink specials. And it's just a laid back cruise. So while we have 
you know, lots of narrated cruises. We've got things that are a little more content heavy, like Eat, Drink, Discover, Anchors Away Wednesday, and Throwback Thursdays fall in this category too. They are just easy and really laid back. Um, a great way to relax. When it is 95 degrees, there is nowhere better to be than out on the river, you know, with the breeze, right? And so Anchors Away Wednesday takes place on the Mary Miller, Bell sister vessel, and she has got the best upper deck that is wide open. It's got a cover for shade or, you know, in case it rains, but other than that, there's no walls. So it's this really wonderful breeze. Um, she's got a great sound system. So it's a it's a fun place to be um, if you need kind of a midweek, you know, break. And that's 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 the idea of Anchors Away Wednesday. Well, it, like I said, it seems like there's a lot of fun things things going on that are, are, are newer uh, to, to to the year. But for those that maybe they love some of the classic ideas that, that y'all had that have been kind of around mm-hmm. for a while, what, what all's returning that they can look forward to as well? Yeah, so our most popular cruise by far um, over the last uh, couple of years has been our sunset cruises. And those are on Saturday night usually on the bell. We always have live music um, and it's more of a cocktail party kind of a vibe. Um, it's a two-hour cruise. It is, it's technically an all-ages cruise, but it, it tends to skew more toward a bar sort of atmosphere. People use these a lot for, you know, girls' night out, date night, um, just it's a great way to celebrate all different kinds of stuff. I was on some cruises, some sunset cruises last year, and there's always a lot of like bachelor bachelorette parties that you know come on board just because they know it's it's kind of built in fun. All you got to do is show up, get yourself a drink at the bar, and it's going to be you know a nice night. So sunset cruises are coming back. Um, captain's dinners are coming back. Uh, bubbly brunches are coming back. Picnic lunch. We've gotten tons and tons of feedback where people want narration. So we have Harbor History coming back, um, more historic Louisville, which is kind of a longer, uh, super narrated version of the Harbor History cruise. We're going to have lots more dates of those. So we're really just kind of beefing up the calendar around what people have asked for. And then one more new thing I want to be sure and mention because I'm personally very excited about it (laughs) (laughs) is our murder mystery cruises. So we are working with this really lovely uh, murder mystery troupe called Murder and Merriment. And they are creating a story that you can only find, you can only see it on board the Bell of Louisville. And we're going to be offering, I think, uh, once monthly dates of a murder mystery cruise. And it's it's a full experience. So you have, obviously, this in-person entertainment where you're interacting um, with the actors, trying to solve the mystery, you know, like your own personal game of Clue. But then there's also going to be, a, you know, a huge meal um, to go with that. So... I'm so excited about that. We love spooky things, you know, here on our boat, which a lot of people tell us is haunted. <laughs> it's just historical. For a lot of history. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. There's some good stories, though, let me tell you. Um, so I think this is a good way to kind of play off that theme 
of, of spookiness, but these are actually going to be offered all season because I think they're going to be really popular. So um, that's one I wanted to make sure to tell people about. Uh, I, I love to hear that because I can hear the, I can hear and see the excitement uh, from you, and, and it, and it, but it clearly sounds like this is what folks have been asking for too. Like you said, you guys have, have, have been listening and, and this is kind of the first year you're able to kind of really implement a, a lot of that. And it sounds like a fun Fun 2023. Now, any other special events folks can look forward to? Maybe some of those one-offs around holidays, different things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've had a bunch here lately. As you could kind of imagine in Louisville, Kentucky, around the the derby season, there's, of course, going to be some some special stuff. We had a a juleps and jazz cruise that just took place that we will probably continue to do. Um, it's, It's bourbon themed and... There's a lot of um, interesting interaction that uh, takes place, not to mention just some really cool, you know, live jazz music. Um, but I mentioned it already. I'll mention it again. The Yacht Rock Cruises um, are coming back because we just have to bring those back. People love those. And we were fortunate to get um, two, two dates on the calendar this year. Um, what else? One of the big things that we got rave reviews about last year it was the first time we did it, but we did a theatrical production of several different Edgar Allan Poe stories um, in the round in the Bell's Ballroom. And we did this in October, you know, kind of a, a good time to do some spooky Poe stories. We are bringing those back. Um, it's called A Dream Within a Dream, and we will be offering more dates this year. Um, it's pretty cool. Like, at nighttime, when you're out on the river, and it gets dark, you know, out there, it's it's a really good way to experience Poe. Um, and people just loved it. Like we, again, we did it sort of in an experimental fashion last year, and it's clear that we need to bring those back and offer more dates. So we're definitely doing that. I could go on and on. We have so much stuff, but those are kind of the big ones that come to mind. So of course, if if you, if folks want to find a bell, can do a little search for bell mm-hmm. Louisville, and I'm sure they'll be able to find uh, all, all the different offerings. And, and you've kind of touched oh, on this yeah. to, too, because some of the goals of, behind a lot of these things are to get the next generation and people to come back. So along those lines, though, for those that have said, well, I've done a lot of the things, I've kind of seen what the bell can do, or maybe the the, the Mary and Miller, why should they come come back and and enjoy another cruise? Well, I think, you know, we, as much as all this stuff is a whole lot of fun, um, we also take our role pretty seriously in being stewards of this really important history that is, you know, it's definitely Louisville's history, it's Louisville's story, um, but also it's America's history. You know, steamboats and riverboats completely reshaped our country in more than one way. And we're, we're really committed to telling that history in a diverse way. Um, so we have, you know, different themes, narrations uh, to talk about, you know, the female part of that story, to talk about um, the Black American part of that story and all, you know, the contributions um, from groups that you don't necessarily hear about. So um, it's, it's important that that 
those those histories and those stories continue to be told for future generations on top of our mission of, of preserving two historic vessels. Um, what we haven't mentioned yet on uh, the show today is we have a second National Historic Landmark in addition to the bell, and that is uh, our wharf boat. Mm. Uh, it's often called Lifesaving Station Number 10, but it's technically christened the Mayor Andrew Broadus, and that is where it's really the hub of our operations. It's our offices, it's our gift shop, it's our ticket office. Um, it is our storage and our workshop, a break room. It's kind of everything um, at the at the center of operations for both of our passenger boats. So we obviously spend lots of time and resources creating experiences for people, but our awesome crew also spends tons of energy and effort to keep these two historic vessels that are the Bell and the Broadest in really good shape. And of course, the Mary too. Anybody who's had a boat knows that boats take lots of maintenance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we do it all. You know, we've got a small permanent staff of 24 people and um, these are truly the city's boats. Uh, For those who don't know, our vessels are all owned by Louisville Metro government. So we take that role pretty seriously that we are Louisville's boats. for the, the people's boats. And we know that for a lot of folks, their experience with us may be their first experience on the river or their only experience on the river. Um, so, you know, we're trying to make it accessible and, and interesting to a lot of different kinds of people. So that's that's kind of the big picture, I think, of why, why we're here and why we're probably worth, you know, another look. Um, if you've not been in a few years, we've definitely changed. Uh, like I said, it sounds like there, there, there's a lot going on. And if folks say maybe they just they have loved the the tour, they and they maybe want to give back in some way, shape, or form, because I'm sure an old a boat that's over a hundred years old is is not cheap to keep up up with <laughs> different things like that, volunteer opportunities, things like that. How can folks kind of get involved with the organization? Yeah, no, thank you so much for asking. So you know, just like most nonprofits, you probably know. We need all that sort of community support, right? So donations, um, absolutely. We've got lots of cool volunteer opportunities. Uh, folks can just go to you know, our website, which happens to be brand new. So it's, uh, I think, a lot easier to find what you're looking for, which is bellofwilville.org. Um, but we have opportunities to give. Also, you know, um, if you come into the gift shop or you're on a cruise, we need try to always have lots of cool merch, um, Bell of Louisville branded stuff. Uh, that's a good way to show your support too, is we make a little bit of money and you can advertise us all over town. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I guess as I, I wrap up here, you know, obviously, you know, the, the Bell's been going strong for a long time and has been part of the Louisville family for, you know, nearly 60 years now or more than 60 year, years now, what, what's the future hold for, for the Bell of Louisville River Boats? Well, believe it or not, we have a lot of um, big ideas and a vision to do even more with the passenger experience. Uh, for example, really expanding the experience to start before you get on the boat. Um, we want to potentially relocate the vessels um, slightly upriver and 
remodel the wharf area um, and the way that you you board the vessels so that we're less affected by flooding, but also so it's just a, a more interactive, interesting experience. Um, we're also, even before that happens, uh, working to get grant funding and donations to add other aspects to your onboard experience. For example, we're getting ready to launch a mobile app that is going to be kind of like an onboard tour guide if you want to learn more um, as you're cruising up and down the river with us. And also just, you know, um, we're going to be working on creating new interpretations um, with maybe some 3D printed artifacts, old images, uh, so that as you do wander around the vessels, you can see, um, for example, old pictures of, of what the Belle used to look like in her former life, um, learn more about riverboat history, uh, all different kinds of things, so that people can sort of choose the level at which they engage with the history. So. Again, we're evolving um, both what you'll see on the boat um, and also where the boat may live ultimately and what that wharf experience looks like. We we call Waterfront Park home here in Louisville and Waterfront Park is a gorgeous place to be. So I think um, as the park continues to grow and expand, uh, we look to be you know, part of that experience for a long, long time. Well, like I said, it's an amazing history and it's it's a, a fun history to, to be a, a part of. And folks, if you haven't, I highly recommend it. I've been on a, a few tours back in the day uh, for, for some different uh, events and, and, uh, and it sounds like it's even better now here in 2023. And, and Krista, thanks for sharing the story of the bell, the history and, and everything you guys have going on there. Yeah, thank you so much for your interest. As you can probably tell, I'm happy to talk about it whenever I get the chance. <laughs> Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.